Hello and welcome to the Freedom Podcast. It's me, your host, Josh, with Dave Thomas. Hello, Dave. Oi, oi. Come on, mate. Great to be back. Great to have you back. May you have a good time in the UK? Mate, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, not to be a Brit living overseas, but it was a little cold. Uh, but, you know, it was absolutely amazing. Great to got to be with Freedom Hereford for, for three weeks, which was absolutely incredible. Amazing seeing what's happening Brilliant. there. Heard some um, incredible stories of salvation, seeing some transformation, the passion in the place, Josh. Woo! It was awesome. Oh, come on, mate. Yeah, it looks like uh, you have caught a little bit of the sun today, looking a little little pink in the face. I'm a, I'm a touch rouge, yes. So if you're, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, get onto YouTube and you can see my best Rudolph impression. Um, and Dave, yeah, you, a- you've spoken about this, but you're famous for your sun protection regime. So what happens? What happens here? Mate, I, you know what? I, I'm trying to get a bit more of a tan. So I took the risk <laughs> and uh, it didn't pay off. So, you know, there you go. Uh, this is why I'm Captain Duncream. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, shame, shame. But no, we came back to, I think today, for the Brits, 36 degrees, yep. for the Americans, high 90s, something like that. Crazy. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's warm. It, it is, is a warm. hot summer. And we, uh, we last night here in North Carolina, we, I was driving back from prayer and we had a storm roll in that was so dark, you thought you were driving into the abyss. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and the trees were literally like bending onto the road as you were driving. I love um, it. It was severe. And you could just see like the, 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 the wind had caught the rain and it was hitting you like waves. Like the, the wind oh, was man. rolling through the rain and hitting the car. It was unbelievable. There's like flash flooding going on. Um, got back home and all the power was out. So, you know, like the candle Ooh. and can't cook dinner after fasting. So that was uh, that was a bit of a drama. So I had to go and find somewhere that still had power to go and get a takeout. And then I welcomed the kids home with a candle. Thought this is, you know, a bit of excitement. <laughs> I said to Rose, get the kids to bed while I get the takeout. And hoping that it would all be back on because usually they're quite quick at turning these things around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I came back and it was still off and all the kids were in bed. and We ate our food and they were all still awake up there. So I was like, right, oh they goodness. were all getting agitated because it was so warm because there's no air conditioning when the, uh, that when, when the power has been cut. So everyone cannot sleep. They can't like rest. So I said, right, everybody downstairs, we'll do a game. So we did a game by candlelight and they were hyper. They were getting crazy. (laughs) And then, right, it's, it's, uh, we had a message through, it will be done by 10 o'clock. So 10 o'clock comes round and the, the power has not come back on. And so, right, everyone upstairs and we get them all in bed and they're, you know, and they, they do manage to fall asleep, even though they are sweating and oh, uh, it doesn't i cannot sleep and it it goes to about 2:30 at night before the electricity kicks back in and dave i've never been so grateful for ac it's uh <laughs> air conditioning i I'm, i need it now i can't sleep without Dude, it Dude, you can't live without it oh over here gosh, right no. it's just it's life it's survival mate it is absolutely crazy my neighbors um their air conditioning unit completely broke um, and so they had none in their house and they were just, they went out and they had to spend something like a couple of grand 
on these temp um, air conditioners just to get through these few weeks. Because it's just next level, it's isn't it? The humidity, yeah. the heat. Yeah, it's not like just a few like hot nights. It's it's just everywhere. But thank the Lord for AC. Super, yeah. Thank you, God. Um, Dave, I just wanted to share. I had a message this morning from one of our team um, here in Raleigh who just shared this testimony. And this is on, a mate. bit of a shout out to our volunteers in the kids team because there are people that are setting up kids spaces all around the world for freedom church sometimes they're welcoming just a handful of children sometimes they're they're uh, welcoming dozens and dozens of children sometimes they're from families that are um that are in our church sometimes they're just coming along as a part of someone who has um is a you know family friend or a neighbor and they're bringing them along to be in a church environment and um and i just wanted to share this story and it says um about how uh, I just want to express how thankful I am to you and the kids team. This past Sunday was actually indeed my little cousin's first time going to church, let alone kids church. She has been talking about kids church nonstop. I'm not sure Love what you it. did with her Sunday, but I can tell you she's truly been impacted. When she came home Sunday, she told her, um, her mum that she read the Bible and how much she wanted to go back. The last two Come days, on. every morning, she's been asking if she's going to kids' church today, showing how much her heart is in expectation and hungry for God. This morning, on the way to her daycare, she asked again, and I tried to explain it. It was just on Sunday morning, and she got a bit sad <laughs> because she really wanted to go back. Again, you guys it. truly impacted her in such a way. My aunt's now considering coming to church on Sunday, and this is completely huge for her to even say that because of her history with God and the church. Please be praying wow. that my aunt will indeed come and experience that same thing her daughter did that so captured her heart. Thank you to you and your team. I've been praying for revival in my family, and I believe that my little cousin is going to be such a catalyst in this happening. Mate, that's incredible. How awesome is that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. And you're right. Our kids team, our kids volunteers all over the world. It's There's there's just nothing like it. The way that, you know, people serve, give us their heart, time, even, you know, obviously often not being in the message or in worship um, to serve. Guys, we're just so grateful for you. And I think it's just so good to celebrate because sometimes we don't get to hear those stories. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I love so it. So encouraging. And all those kids volunteers around the world, you cannot un not un underestimate the difference that you're making week in, week out. Oh, come on. The impact that you can have is just so good. So thankful for all those Love teams. It. Now, today, Dave, I want us to talk about uh, what do we do with a problem? Do we Come on. allow God to fix the problem or do we fix the problem? And I want us to specifically think about this uh, uh, particularly from an economic standpoint as well. Mm -hmm. There'll be lots of different people, different backgrounds listening to this. Freedom Church is a church that we've got congregations and our family and community is spread out in lots of different places in the world. Some who are going to be uh, in places where they have more provision and more resource and some where there's less. But I think that everyone, no matter what they're going through right now, ha can probably relate to at some point being a bit hard pressed with finances and provision yeah. 
And so the question really that I want us to think about is what do we do in this day and age? So for example, in the UK, that politically, one of the big things that is being talked about at the moment is the cost of living crisis. Over Mm -hmm. here in the States, there's been big cost of living um, differences with uh, groceries increasing a lot in terms of other and other costs. And so I know that there are other economies that have also been impacted by this. And I think that someone actually messaged in recently about this asking, what's the balance? What do you do? Do you go and go and uh, work more to be able to create more provision so that you fill those gaps with the increased costs? Uh, or do you trust God with that? Like, what, what's the balance? So what are some of your thoughts on that? Oh, mate, it's it's a great question, and it, and it's a challenging one because uh, personally, I'm not sure there's a two plus two equals four answer to this. Is in, I'm right. not sure that there's something like a sentence I could say right now that would unequivocally you could just apply to every single situation we might find ourselves in this because I think that sometimes um, it, it's it's both. Sometimes it's one over the other. Um, and I think also like even just the phrase of, you know, do we just trust God with it? That's such a massive, you know, statement of what yeah, that means. That's true. Um, and I was thinking about this, you know, even in our, our own lives, we've experienced times where, um, you know, we have experienced the favor and the provision of God that can only be described as miraculous and unconnected to anything we've done you know and there's even been times where even recently moving to america it was almost like god orchestrated and put us in a situation where we fundamentally couldn't be the solutions ourselves and and we have experienced and we're so grateful to be able to testify that we've experienced miraculous wild provision um but we've also experienced times where we know we've been following god's leading where we've been the ones to kick down the doors and the, the, the provision has come through hard work or it's come through taking opportunities. And so we've experienced both. Um, and I think sometimes for us as Christians, one of the things that we, we almost need to be comfortable with is that sometimes living out our faith is a bit of a paradox. Mm. Um, and it's not, a, it's not a contradiction. It's not that one cancels out the other. It's that actually we'll go through seasons where one is effectively you know the the very big focus and then in another season we need to do the other and so I was thinking about this and and you know getting ready for for the podcast and and I thought do you know what for me where it all starts is is knowing your own personal uh strengths and vulnerabilities when it comes to money yeah. you know when it comes to provision you know so coming at this conversation we're all going to be in different current circumstances but we're all going to come from different backgrounds as well so you know for some of us we might have grown up in a real um atmosphere and situation very le- legitimately of, of poverty and others of us we might have grown up in a in a situation of abundance um some of those things we might have even gone through in in younger life and even formative years can influence some of our defaults and when it comes to you know the 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 thing of do i jump in and sort it or do i you know give it over to god i think it starts with knowing what you're vulnerable to me for me personally um you know just speaking from the most recent journey i as default i'm more uh my disposition's more i'm gonna do it 
I'm going to get in and I'm going to, I'm going to solve the problem. Um, and that's partly kind of my personality, partly my upbringing. Um, and, you know, there's been times where that has in the right season been amazing and God's used it miraculously and supernaturally. But even when we moved here, I remember when we got our visa and just quickly for those who don't know the story, we got our visa in five and a half weeks, which on the one hand was miraculous. And we've been told it would take 15 and a half months. But one of the first things that came to mind was I'd already had a plan of how over the next 12, 15 months right. we were going to make this and we were going to do that and we were going to sell this and we could move to America with this provision effectively, you know, that we were able to do. And because we got the visa so quickly, none of that plan was possible, you know, because we were just wasting time. And I just remember God saying right at the front end, this is going to be something you can't be the answer to. Right. And I knew that for me personally, there have been times where um, I have relied more on myself than God. And I've learned to sense those times when that rhythm's coming up in me. And so, you know, I remember we, 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 had, we had to face the decision, you know, we've got the visa, so do we go or not, do we not go? And it was one of those things of, no, this is a time where we've got to commit and jump off the high board into the unknown, into the uncertain, without the guarantees, albeit that we still had, you know, certain levels of provision. And for me, that was just, it's been such an amazing journey because not only did God provide in the most mad ways, but actually he changed me in the, in the process. So my first thought without wanting to hog the areas, I think, you know, I'm not sure there is a, it's always this or it's always that. I think the conversation starts with what's the work of God that he's doing in you in this season? You know, right now, maybe that bill's come in, but what's he doing in you? Is this a season where actually you can reflect you've been lazy? Maybe actually you haven't, you know, stewarded. Maybe you haven't done that in the past. Maybe what God is saying is knuckle down, take that extra hour, you know, that, that extra shift at work. Maybe that's the work God's doing in you. Maybe you've always been the answer. Maybe you've always done that and it's come at the cost of, you know, your relationship with God or your relationship with family. And he's saying, you know, don't be the solution. So that's that's where I think that's where I kind of, I guess, started thinking it through. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking from my own personal perspective on it. Mm, yeah, I think that when I consider provision and I think about how God makes a way for us, one of the things I was just reminded of was manna and about how God was saying, I'm going to feed you every day. But he said, don't bother collecting it. You know, it's there's going to be fresh provision yeah. every day. And God could have put provision down that would have kept them for a week. You know, hey, supernatural. This this bread, this supernatural bread could have lasted a month. But when they did that, when they tried to collect it and hoard what they had, it went maggoty and rotten. And yeah. it was unusable. Because I think that God was trying to teach the Israelites in the desert when he was providing this miraculous food from heaven trust me every day just yeah. give it over to me but make me the provider but we as mankind so want to be the be the provider because then yeah. we get the glory and i think of this term about how we i think particularly as men we use this term the breadwinner I am the winner of bread. Imagine if that was your your job every day. Is that you just have to go and fight for bread? It actually, sounds quite a fun job. Um, but Mate, especially <laughs> your bread. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, here you go. A challenge, challenge to anybody in the Raleigh location. Uh, let's have a, a bread fight outside of Josh's. Let's go. You know, set up a little ring. It'd be great. There was a there was recently an outreach <laughs> they did in Rotterdam in uh, in the Netherlands for our free, our campus there, where they did a bread throwing competition. Uh, so there's some there's some diversity here in this theme um but anyway (laughs) coming back to this idea of of being uh of having the daily bread when jesus taught us the lord's prayer he taught us to ask not for bread for the week uh not for provision for the month but he wanted us to ask god every day for the most basic of things bread and if we Mm. we want we were going to ask him for the small things because he is the breadwinner. He is yeah. the provider. We've got to know that our source is God, our father. He's the one that provides thing, things from heaven for us. So if we go into it with that mentality, he gets the glory. But also when things are challenging, we come back to him for the daily bread. We know yeah. that he's the one where if we've been doing it in our own strength and we've taken glory in it and we've been proud to put food on the table for our family when things get tough it's on your shoulders it's on you to provide it's on you to make a breakthrough to for you to make a way when god has been trying to teach us the whole time it's not about you it's about me look to me to be the one that is the provider but why do you think we as men get caught up in that um, I think, you know, there's a number of things. I think one of the big ones is control. Yeah. You know, when we're, we're in control, um, we're in control and that creates a sense of maybe security, a sense of, um, safety, but also like it can lead to that pride mm, and that definitely. element of like, well, I've done it and I can rely. And, you know, you talk about being the breadwinner. We talk about like phrases like, uh, you know, a self-made man or a self-made woman, you know, it's like no one's self-made when they're made by the creator. You know, we're only the skills we use are only ever given to us, um, through God. Um, and so, you know, there are obviously people that have been you know hard working and whatnot but it all ultimately comes from him so i think part of it is control because we don't want to trust we want to be able to trust in ourselves part of it's pride we want to be able to say that we did it um and you know and again i think um part of it's sometimes pressure you know we feel like we've got to perform you know, we look at other people, like it's fascinating, isn't it? Like we've recently been involved in some conversations with people that, you know, maybe aren't following Jesus. And, you know, they're almost always about what this person's earning, mm. what that person's earning, what benefits that person got or what benefits this person got. And there's almost like this competition. Yeah, well, I've done this or I performed here and I did that. So I think, you know, there's a lot of stuff there that we can be vulnerable to um, as men, as women. Um, and I think, you know, there's also that pressure, isn't it? I think one of the things sometimes is we can be we can be vulnerable to almost like creating a lifestyle within our families that then it's like, well, if I don't keep that up, if we don't keep being able to eat at that place or buy that kind of thing or drive this kind of car, then it reflects on me and I've failed. So, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of elements of that. And I think interestingly, you know, even when we're talking about like the manner you know, going back to what we're saying about the season, 
you know, the Israelites had forgotten what it was to follow God. Yeah. They'd forgotten what it was. They'd, even though they'd been in slavery, they'd been provided for, hadn't they? You know, they'd had it every day. God was like doing something deep in them to change their source of reliance. Because, you know, he he not only knew they needed that in the desert, but they needed it in the promised land. You know, those moments with the manna would have been, you know, and obviously not none of the that generation went into the promised land, but there was something of a foundation he's laying that would have echoed into that moment at Jericho, at I, at, you know, all these places, because it's like, actually, if you're going to rely on yourself, you're going to rely on man, you're going to rely on me and I'm going to unlock the miracles. And I think that's why God allows us to go through seasons of lack at times is because actually he's trying to lead us into seasons of miracles, Yeah, you know, um, but we often don't see it like that mm. because it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Sometimes you want to be in that space all the time, but actually he's trying to lead us into something. We've all had that, you know, they've been in that situation, I think, where you've been around someone that you try to give some something to or someone's trying to give something to them and they just can't receive it. It might be encouragement. Yeah. It might be a gift. It might be like, "Hey, let me cover this drink for you," and it's like it. They they just really struggle to receive it because there's yeah. actually there's a humility that it requires to receive sometimes, and I think again in some of our uh, pride, we don't want to be the ones receiving. We we hey, we're happy yeah. to be the ones helping others, but sometimes receiving. And I think that what God is trying to teach us through asking for daily bread and looking at Him for no matter what our circumstances are. You know, again, we've got such a spectrum of wealth that listen uh, in and are a part of our church around the world. But it doesn't matter how much you have. We should be looking to God for the smallest of things, and when we trust Him with the small things. We can trust him with everything. But yeah. I think so many of us have this habit of saying, God, I'm only going to come to you when I need the house, the car. Then, I, hey, the rest of it, I've got that covered. But that's not what Jesus taught us to say. He said, I want you to just bring the small things to me. And the way that the the Lord's Prayer is engineered, it's like daily bread is, is, every, yeah. is for every day, not just a, as, a, as a principle, but keep asking. Don't, don't presume. Just come back to me and know that he is the provider. One of the things that I... It's, yeah, go on, Dave. I was going to say, some, somebody, I was just looking this up now because I, I made a note of it. I was having a conversation with uh, a pastor friend of mine, and it was particularly at this front end of when we were moving over to America, and I was sharing with them and saying, oh, you know, we're obviously in this situation. He said something really interesting to me. He said, I'm so glad God's put you in a season of need. And I was like, oh, thanks, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and he said, I'm so glad. And then he said this, he said, go look at Genesis 2. And I was like, what? And he said, so often we think that our seasons of lack and being in a position of needing someone else to provide for us is a result of sin. But actually God made man needy in the garden before sin. That actually he created mankind to still need him even before, Mm. you know, sin came into the world, because so much of our need is connected to sin. You know, we make bad choices. We, you know, we get, we we spend our money on things that we shouldn't. Um, And so often we look at lack as a result of, well, I must've got something wrong. I must've failed. I must've made a bad decision. But actually there's an element of need that was about or is connected to how God intended to relate to us as humanity, even before all of those things went wrong. And that blew my mind because I don't, 
I almost had a theology that, well, when I'm, you know, when I'm great and when I'm good and when I've got all rid of all my issues, well, I'm not going to be in a position of need. And that's, you know, God isn't against savings. He's not against those things. He's not against abundance. There's a balance with that stuff. But actually, God was just saying in that moment, Dave, you're always going to need me. It's part of our relationship. It's part of actually what I've designed you for. And just to testify again, I my faith now as a result of being through a season of need is so much deeper, bigger, better um, than it was before. And, and, you know, it's just amazing how God does that. So good, mate. And I think that one of the things that comes to mind for me as well about how we need to prepare is is thinking about the story of the vessels and about how the widow that was going to have the provision of oil in the book of Kings is that there was something about receiving that oil. It came down to her preparation to be able to receive. And so yeah. uh, the prophet said, go and get as many containers, as many vessels as you can, and then lay them out. And then the oil kept flowing. It's this miraculous oil that was just this incredible provision that just provided for her. And as um, they went and they went and got and gathered all these vessels, the oil ran out right to the last uh, drop by the time it had finished the vessels. And one of the things that is always uh, something in my mind is that we've got to have containers put out for to receive God's blessing. And I yeah. think sometimes uh, if we have everything that's almost very controlled and very predictable about our lives, for example, if you're a fisherman, there is something about you put out your vessel, quite literally, your, your fishing boat, your nets every day, and it's completely open-ended how much you, yeah. could, you could receive. And it's the same if you're a farmer. Is that what, what is you're going to be your return on your crop? And so you can see God's blessing by the vessels that you're putting out in, I'm going to sow this crop, I'm going to put this net out and then see what God does to fill it. But if we have a very uh, contained um, provision, sometimes what we've got to think about, what vessels am I putting out in my life where maybe I could even give the opportunity for God to bless my household? Yeah. But if you've got a very, uh, say, for example, just a one one stream of income in your life, maybe there's just something about putting out another, and that might look like starting a business or creating another way to be able to receive income into your life. I know that's something, Dave, that, that you've practiced and put into your life. Yeah, we have. I mean, it was it was really interesting that 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 kind of began for us in 2010. And I remember coming into the the year, God speaking to Saz and I really about the talents and him saying, I want you to have vision to make you 510. And, and he said, I want you to have vision to earn in one day what you've been earning in two now that wasn't working for church we we'd were doing another career at the time and it was just this challenge because i was like how on earth am i going to do that and anyway followed god's like leading on it and by the end of the year in that particular venture we'd seen that come to pass it, and it was genuinely miraculous but here's the really cool thing was that at the end of that year, we did our first ever offering for our first ever church plant, Freedom Cardiff. And we had a, an amount of money in our bank and God told us to, to give that amount of money. Um, if we hadn't 
put those vessels out, we'd have never had that sum of money to give. Right. We'd have never, ever had that sum of money to give. Um, and so the, and what was really interesting is we didn't know that when we set out on that journey, um, but we knew that we would choose to be faithful with what he'd given us. And, and there was a whole other miracle that happened then the next year as we planted Freedom Cardiff. And, and it was just, it's just been really interesting because I think what you're talking about around the vessels, and I think one of the things that runs within our church, it's just so unique and so powerful, is this entrepreneurial mm. dynamic that isn't just about making another buck or another pound or another shilling or whatever it is. It's about what we can then sow into, give into, provide for the next generation. And I think uh, I, I've worked in the last few years with a number of people that run their own businesses. And there's one person that I worked with and um, they were very successful in one season um, and then they hit a very challenging season and it not only cost them financially but it cost them in another a number of really significant areas and I was talking it through with this person at some point and and they said you know what all I was focused on was the money and you know all I was focused on was more in my savings more in my spending account said I lost sight that actually the money was to be sown and now he, this particular person, is now living not with a financial vision to get, but a giving vision. And so he's got this anointing of business, but actually has decided the amount of money that they want to give a year. And that's what they go, they aim to go and get. And and it just it just a small, I mean, there's lots of layers to that story. But I think, you know, when we think about it, there's something so empowering about putting the vessels out, but to give mm, and to sow really and to good, be a kingdom Dave. impact because yeah. it's, it's bigger than you. It's bigger than who we it, are. It's you know? so true. And it's, and God's economy is upside down. So you've got to work in different principles to what you think makes sense. So if, for example, if you need more, you give more. What? It, it's like you dude. give it away and you'll actually receive more. No, no, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It's not logical. It's not mathematical. Yeah, it's because it's God's economy. It's upside down. It's inside out. It works different, and it me. It requires faith from you. It requires trust. It requires generosity. It requires humility. All of these things that's so good for your character. And it might be that you're listening to this, and you're going through a strain or a struggle right now. And your temptation is, is to draw back on your giving to church. It will not help you. You will go in a circular motion on this and be back in the same place. I can't tell you how many people I've pastored and seen this time and time again. They think, oh, God hasn't provided. So I'm going to lean in and take control and I won't be giving. And I'm going to just, I'm going to just have to ride this one out. And it gets them in financial trouble we've got to continue to trust god with our tithes and offerings and then even go the other way actually when things are getting tough actually become more generous when you're strained when there is pressure bless others and see what god will do through that i remember reading this book years ago um it's about it was about financial principles wasn't a, a Christian book. It was called Rich Dad Poor Dad, and he does a whole section about what he his strategies uh, for when his business was struggling. And he said, "I would always, when business was tough, I would start sewing money out and giving it away, and I would see business take off again." And he gave no principle 
of God in there or anything like that. But I was as a Christian, I was reading this. I was like, yeah, I can tell you why that's working for your business because <laughs> the principles of God are the same, no matter what you practice or you believe you go to church. If you practice these things, God is going to bless you. And so um, I thought that was fascinating, even seeing that from a non-Christian perspective in there as a principle, as a business principle. Oh, your business is struggling. You know, this is how you deal with it. Be more generous. Mate, mate I think I, and it is profound, isn't it? Because coming back to what you were saying about manner, I think we often, I often have in the past forgotten that money is one of the, or provision, let's say, because not always money, but provision is always been designed to flow, flow in and flow out. And it's when we stop the flow that it goes rotten. It's when we stop the flow that it, that it, um, that it starts to mold up and, and things like that. And I think what you're talking about there is that guy has experienced that. Do you know what? In the season where my dis- my, the world would say, stop the flow, hold on. Actually, I'm going to get into this flow. And I can almost guarantee there'll be things that, you know, as a result of like, I'm going to get, let that outflow, it creates a, an inflow in. And it is, it's mind blowing. But we've experienced the same, you know, when we've been in seasons mm. where we've hit challenges. I, I guess, I, I guess one of the questions to ask, you know, in the whole thing of like, do we trust God? Do we be the solution ourselves is when you hit financial or provision or economic stretches, is your first go to a getting strategy or a giving strategy? Yeah. And and I think that Good. if we can make our default a giving strategy, and it might not be that you've got any money, right, to give, but what about, you, you know, your, your time? What about your car? Can you go and give a lift to that person? What about yeah. you? Do you, how can you get back in the flow, you know? I think though, Dave, as well, it's all relative. So, you know, you think of... Um, the widow's offering and she gives a very small amount but it's everything that she had and it's like you might be struggling financially and it feels into oh i don't have anything to give you do have something and i even find like if we do like just come to it financially and even if you bless with that it might be a very small amount to the eyes of everybody else but it doesn't make it insignificant it's not insignificant to you it's not insignificant to god and actually don't write off that generosity just because you don't think it's a very generous amount or it's not compared to the next person it doesn't matter you sow it and see how god will use it so much more effectively mate a hundred percent and like you said it it, is relative it's and like jesus even says you know the the parable of the widow and he talks about the fact that she gave more you know in her lack she gave more because of that it's interesting it just come to mind that um you know one of we just went back to the UK and, you know, obviously catching up with people and, and people were asking us because Saz is obviously often keeping everybody up to date on the gram with what's happening. And, you know, we recently went to a lake house of a friend of ours, a beach house of a friend of ours. We were staying at another house um, at the airport that we stayed, that we flew into. And so we said, oh, you're always staying at people's houses. And we're like, yeah, it's so amazing. It's like, you know, just super generous. And then it's only just twigged. Every house we've ever lived in, when we've gone on holidays, we've offered it to people. Um, we've just said, hey, you want to say, and I'm not saying everybody should do this, but there's just something that yeah. we've always yeah. practiced, right? And it's not going to be for everybody, but it's just twigged. 
that's why we're in this flow. If we've, if we've lent our keys, others are going to lend their keys to us. And as I haven't realized it until talking about it now, but it's just, you know, yeah. it's just amazing. Our life will be enriched when we're ready to let go. So share, give, bless, especially in those seasons of lack, especially yeah. in those seasons where we don't want it. The measure you give will be the measure you receive. Come on, uh, mate. I think as we, as we just circle back to this question of when we've got a, an issue, when there's pressure and there's lots of people right now and um, that are, are going through this pressure, maybe they're thinking about taking on more hours or having to do more to try and provide and fill those gaps in these times where interest rates are perhaps increasing or yeah. you know, those different costs or bills that are going up. I think that when you say what what do i do 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 i do it or do i keep waiting and waiting on god and this story comes to mind for me uh, that i think helps illustrate this principle and it's when jesus uh, is asked uh for the temple tax and uh yeah this is good and this and this so he's, he's asked about the temple tax um and so there's a bit of back and forth with him and Peter and um, and the the collectors who were who were asking for it. And then in Matthew 17, uh, verse 27, it says, "But so that we may not cause offence, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax." And yours, and I love this story because it's wild. It's so amazing. It's wild. Yeah. Like go and find the coin in the fish's belly. I mean, it sounds like a fairy tale, um, but this <laughs> is in the Bible. This is this is Jesus uh, having some fun uh, because he's telling the fishermen go go fishing. But if Jesus can make coins appear in fish's stomachs, he could have easily put a coin in Peter's pocket could have said right yeah. you just reach in reach in you know it's like a little magic trick hey but peter i'm just reaching behind your ear here's the coin um but he doesn't do that he says go fishing and i'll get the coin and what i love about this principle you do your bit i'll do my bit because there's yeah, this co-laboring this co-working with christ love that job. where it's not it's not just oh you, I'm just going to provide all your needs and take, you do what you can do. You drop the line in, I'll bring the fish to you. And I think Come that on, that man. principle rings true today for so many of us listening to this. What are you doing to go fishing? What are you doing to put the line in? Allow God to bring the fish. He's the one that can bring the miracle coin in the belly. He's the one that can do that, but you've still got to go down got to take your rod you've got to drop the line in you've got Love to wait that. for the catch you know you do you you do your bit and then trust god to do his bit and actually it's not who fixes the problem is it me or is it god it's actually we're going to work together like god is going yeah, to do his that. provision so i just wanted to finish with that thought anything else dave before we mate i think i think it's absolutely phenomenal i think the, the only thing i'd add to kind of like what our bit can be is, you know, we've got to go do our bit to go and get the coin out of the fish. But I also think one of the things we can do that's our bit is steward what's already been given to us. I know you and I both experienced massive breakthrough when we started a budget 
Yeah. You know, and we, you know, like some of it is actually maybe we do already have enough, but maybe we're not on top of our bills. Maybe we're paying too much. So, you know, just Mm -hmm. those simple things. um, It's kind of almost sometimes that's the bit that we need to do ourselves is actually just do our diligence, you know, get tithing again, you know, cut down on those expenditures, maybe make coffee at home rather than buying it at Starbucks every morning, you know, some of those simple things. But we, that's where it's like, we want, sometimes we want the miracle of more. And actually sometimes like God will come and bring the miracle through diligence as well in those areas. So I think that's just one final thought, but mate, it's great. It's a great topic. And just, just to say to, you know, our church right now, if you are resting, if you are struggling we're a church community that want to support. Get around so reach people. out, yeah. reach out to your your leaders, reach out to your community. Want to first off start talking about prayer. You know, we run momentum. Josh, we got this whole thing in our church of helping people start businesses. Yeah. We got, um, you know, so the, the worst thing in these scenarios is to do it on your own. So, you know, we'll get in the boat together and go find the fish, you know, great and, uh, and want to help you. So reach out. I love it, Dave. That's a great thought to finish on. Uh, guys thank you so much for listening hope this has been helpful and encouraging to you and spark you and and inspire you to to perhaps try doing a few different things go fishing all right god bless you and we'll be back next week